alive or, or live as the people say let's get this music yeah. can we get that intro muse action mm. hello welcome what's up everybody the <laughs> <Disciple> now <laughs> we weren't expecting that were you Nope. I you know, have almost finished my energy drink, yeah. and I'm ready to go. You, I can tell. It's awesome. Hey, thank you for being here. We last week just finished our six-week series, I believe it was, six-part series on the discipleship stages. If you have not listened to that, please go back. As a disciple maker, it is something that you need to hear. It takes you all the way from spiritually dead to a spiritual parent um, as we are walking through this these stages yeah, with you, our Yeah, you want a strategy with it too? Yeah, go Listen ahead. to the first episode, and then we're going to give you a rundown of all of it, and then pick whichever one you want to listen to most, yeah. and then just jump straight to that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please do that, especially uh, listen to the one that you think your disciple is at. But we had some really cool questions voted on, submitted to our Instagram, that we're going to try our best to hit and answer. There's some really good ones that maybe you were wondering, maybe you've asked these same questions. If you have other questions, go to our Instagram, follow us, and then submit a question to us. It might get answered in future episodes, okay? So we're going to go ahead and just go into this. We made some ground rules because we have seven questions that we've picked to, to answer, and we each have, or not each, total two minutes per question, but we each have Three 30-second lifelines if we need to keep going. Yep. So I'm going to kick it first to Nathan. The very first question is, how do I choose my disciple? Well, Jackson, that's a great question. Start at 1.30. Two minutes. All right. <laughs> so I think when you're going to choose someone for you to disciple, the thing that I will look at is how interested and hungry are they? So Ooh. if they're interested... In the gospel, they're interested in growing and they're hungry for Jesus, yeah. then pursue them. If they trust you and you have some sort of relationship to build on, that's even better. Next level. Boom. Oh, that was great. Thanks. It's only 30 seconds. I have nice. plenty of time. No, I think what you said is good. When we, ch How do I know that I'm choosing the right disciple or when I'm choosing a disciple? You have to look at, are they even hungry? Yeah. Because if they're not hungry, it's not going to matter. Even if you have really good relationship with them, you cannot force somebody into hunger. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And are th do I have relationship with them? If, if they're hungry, but I don't have a relationship with them, it's going to be um, You're going to have hard. to spend time building yeah. that relationship first. So you first. have to build that relationship first. But man, the two big things, if you can find somebody that is hungry and that you have a relationship with or even expresses interest, right? Yeah. Boom. That's the one. There's really no like totem pole here. You just yeah. pick them. You go. Uh, Jesus picked random people, it looked like. Yeah, but he did it well. If so. you if you don't have interest with like common interests or something, don't worry about that stuff at the beginning. That'll work It'll itself grow. out. I think something else to consider is how much time they have. Mm. But if they're hungry for growing in Christ, their priority will align itself within the time that they have, mm, yeah. you know? And it will and expose itself, right? Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was good. Hope that was helpful. Under two minutes. Under. Choosing, now this is really good, for a person who is hungry maybe, okay, or interested, or maybe they just got saved or whatever, how do I or they choose a disciple maker? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I think choosing a disciple maker 
for me is in, is similar to choosing someone to mentor me mm-hmm. um, in the way that there's lots of people that are good at different things. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to be watching for like, what is someone who I'm kind of related to in the church? Like I kind of like know of them. And let's say that they have a great relationship with their wife. Mm. I might approach them to be discipling me in that area. Okay. Or maybe there's someone else who just understands and knows the Bible really well. And maybe he, they preach really well. I might ask them to be discipling me in that area. Okay, so you can so when choosing a disciple maker, it doesn't have to be a one size fits all. Yeah, uh, you can find different people to disciple you in different areas. I would say in terms of spiritual growth, like just generally, right? Yeah. Um, even especially if students or college students or whatever, if you're looking for a mentor or a person to disciple you, one of my biggest things is people think mentorship and discipleship is like, hey. Let's go only grab coffee and read the Bible together. Okay. Yes, that can happen. But find somebody and um, go along with them in what they're doing. Because people are busy, right? Yeah. So if you want to be discipled, okay, man, find someone and just go with them. Go on a run with them. Go on a go on an errand with them. Go and and then in those things the relationship's going to build and discipleship will be able to happen. Be upfront with them. Hey man, I want to grow in my marriage or, Hey, I want to grow in learning the word of God, but I need your help. You don't have to cancel your plans. I'll go along with you. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I just say this? I'm going to use my, if I, if I have to be somebody that's worth discipling. And this is what I mean. Don't say you want to be discipled, but then really, you just wanted somebody to boost you. You wanted somebody to just, you know, make you feel good or whatever. But no, like discipleship, like we talked about, is about mentoring, is about accountability, is about correction, all of those things. So be somebody that when you say, I want to be discipled, well, you actually want to be discipled. I yeah. use my first I'm going I'm to use mine too, because just to help you guys out, look for someone who exhibits the fruit of the Spirit. Look for someone who's humble who loves Jesus and is willing to or desires to pursue Jesus. But I'd say one of the top things is to pursue someone who's willing. Because Mm -hmm. if you are 100% in, but the person that you're trying to get to disciple you is like 20% in and you're pulling them along to try to get them to help you, the relationship's not going to work. You need to find someone who's just as willing to disciple you as you are to be discipled. Okay. Boo, we did good. Okay. All right. So here's one. I'm going to pair these two because these are really uh, good ones. Little dicey, controversial, whatever you want to say. Can a guy disciple a girl and can single people disciple married people? Yeah, those are good questions. I'll start. Okay. Go for it. Here's the truth. Uh, a guy discipling a girl or a girl discipling a guy, I think is very unwise and setting you up for potential dangers. Now, yeah. I want to preface this. It's not that guys can't learn things from girls and girls can't learn things from guys. Totally, totally, totally. But in terms of a discipleship relationship, I think that that could really be setting both people up, um, especially if they're married, but... but even if they're not, for yeah. failure uh, in, in emotionally, um, spiritually, uh, physically, all of those things. So I would suggest that, man, we can learn 
from uh, people of the opposite sex, but they should not be the discipler or the disciple that in our lives where we're investing um, spiritual, emotional, mental energy because it's bound for some type of connection to happen that we yeah. might not need or want it to go. Yeah, there, there is a spiritual and emotional connection that happens between two people when you're opening up your life to them mm-hmm. and allowing each other to speak into each other's lives. And if either of those people in that relationship are married and this is oh, a guy girl relationship, that's just danger right there. Like don't Red do that flag. at all. Red flag. If both of you are not married, then what you're doing is you're basically entering into a, a relationship that has no title. Yeah. No, it's like, It's it's really a relationship that has a lot of components and connection that resemble a dating or progressing toward married relationship. And if you're not, if you're not about that, you're just wanting to be discipled by this person. You're setting yourself up for a path that is not the direction you're wanting to go. Yeah. So man, we really need to be careful when we're connecting and Thinking, whatever, about being discipled by the opposite sex. Yeah, we okay, that say, was my second 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah, go for this okay. next one, can single, single people, people. Okay, I think this, and I loved what Nathan said. You can go to somebody and be like, yo, your marriage is awesome. Can you disciple my wife and I? Here's yeah. the thing. Um, marriage brings about different difficulties, different struggles, different questions, different spiritual things um, that might not be brought out when you're single. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I totally believe that a single guy can disciple a married guy. But but I think in terms of marriage, mm-hmm. ma- a couple needs to find another couple to disciple them as a couple, if yes. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's wise or really beneficial, I should say, not even unwise, but it's not very beneficial for a single person who really has never been there or whatever to disciple a married couple when the married couple is in a totally different reality than the single person. There's just a different purpose, a different um, set of relationships and lifestyle that you're dealing with when you're married versus when you're single. And so when you're married, you really want someone speaking to your life who has gone through that same thing. I I will say to the point where if you are now married and you had someone discipling you who is single, they can keep discipling yeah. you, but I think you need someone else. You yeah. need another voice who is married to start speaking into your life. Yeah, that's good. And I yeah, I just want to say if you are married, we cannot think that people that aren't married can't speak into yeah, our lives. They still can. They still totally can. They can teach us things, spiritual things, practices, all that. So we need to make sure that, like we said, you haven't arrived. Well, same thing in marriage. Yeah. You don't automatically, you're not more spiritual than a single person just because you're married. We need to allow them to speak into our lives. Just maybe not our the marriage part yeah. of our lives, right? Okay, I'm, I'm losing track of this time. So we're going to start two minutes now for this next question. Oh, we're at 11. How so do I know if I'm doing a good job discipling? Oh man, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I discipling think, is is hard, and you're gonna make oh, mistakes. Nobody does. So I like, ask the question all the, the time. If you if you're making mistakes, and if you feel like you're making mistakes in discipling, let's say you are forgetting to reach out to the person you're discipling, or you feel like you said the wrong thing at a certain time, or you were harsh with them, 
first thing is give yourself grace because you're not going to be perfect every time. But we do want to be doing things well when we're discipling someone. Yeah, we want to do things well, but I also think that our measuring stick a lot of the times um, isn't God's measuring stick. Yeah. I think we judge things by um, visible fruit and visible life change, and we talked about this even Mm. in the spiritually dead stage. People give their whole lives um, to... uh, to discipling people who haven't who, who, even accepted Christ. And m- might not. Yeah. And I, I heard somebody say this, that we have to change our mindset of not always counting conversions, hmm. but conversations. Yeah. Right? Like, are we having conversations that just move people forward? And that's how God sees it. We cannot judge our results or our, how good we're doing by our results, but trust that God has a different scale. God has a different measuring stick than we do. And as long as we're being obedient, that's what success looks like. Yeah. I've, yeah. I love it. I was going to say something very similar that I've heard Dick Brogdon um, yeah. love the guy. Look him up if you haven't heard of him. He One it's of the things dead. he said was the measure of success is not how many churches we've planted or how many people we've seen saved, but our measure of success is obedience. Yep, so true. So are you obeying and being obedient to God? Yeah. If it's a yes, you're being successful. Love it. How do I remember that I, oh, that's a good question. I will always be a disciple even when I am a disciple maker. Okay, so talked even- about this in the last episode a little bit uh-huh. when we talked about the spiritual adult, but- So even if that? you are a disciple maker, even if you are discipling someone else, The key is that you always need to remain humble. You can always have room to grow yourself, even if you're discipling other people. Yeah, I think just humility. We have Mm -hmm. to remain uh, humble. I almost said humid. Uh, We have to remain humble uh, in humility and always understand that there's more of God, more of Jesus, more revelation, and we have not arrived just because we're discipling people. Iron sharpens iron, and we need to continue that. Yeah, Christ, that Christ was always um, exhibiting an attitude of humility and seeking to love people no matter what their status is. And I think we need to stay humble in reminding ourselves of the life we had before Jesus and being honest with ourselves of even when we fall short now. Yeah, and he was Jesus. He yeah. had all the right to be prideful, right? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. And you are never going to be perfectly like Jesus. You always have room to grow to become more like him. Yeah. So you always need other people pouring into your life of helping you get there. Yeah. All right. Last question that I thought was really good. What do you do in ministry, whatever, if you don't feel anointed? Yeah. I felt like that before. Dude, I'm not real. anointed. I can't do this, whatever. What do we or, do? Or maybe like, maybe I was anointed but I'm but not no, anointed not. anymore yeah. or I'm not anointed in this certain area. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, this is definitely a question that you hear a lot more in Pentecostal circles, which is okay. Yeah. But maybe you might hear it in, in, in your circle of influence as well, yeah. or you might be feeling it yourself. We were talking to Pastor Calvin, one of the pastors of our church. Um, Who's that? Before no, this, before this uh, podcast. Um, and one of the things he was saying I thought was really good is that anointing is not a feeling. And if you are relying on your feeling to decide if you can be used by God, you're really putting your trust in the wrong place. Yeah, that's good. So I think, I mean, it says that the calling and gifts of God are irrevocable Hmm. and we're all called to be disciple makers. 
We're all called to be missionaries, ministers, whatever. And same thing, like it's about obedience, not about feeling. So if we're obedient to that call and trust in his word over our feelings, we can walk in anointing, we can walk in our purpose, we can walk in our calling, even if we don't necessarily feel like we can do this. It's his strength and his spirit that helps us to do his anointing, not ours. Yeah, I, I would say if you're asking this question, then stop making it about you. Like, Ooh, why are you asking? Wait, whoa. That's what I'm talking about, Nathan. No, for that real. Was good. Like, why are you asking, like, do you, if, I, if I feel anointed? Because mm. it's never about whether or not you are anointed. The fact is that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and it's the Holy Spirit's anointing. It's God's power. It's Let's God's go. strength. And all that you need to be doing is working in your weakness yes, and allowing God to use you as you live with your hands wide open and say, I'm just a vessel to be used by Jesus and it is his power and his strength. Boom. Wow. That was great. Thanks. I'm not even going to say, I don't need to say Dude, anything. I mean, Y'all need to remember that. Let, let's be real. Like every, every single time I, I preach and I do something that's awesome, it always happens when I just throw up my hands and say, God, I don't, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by my strength at all. I just have to completely rely on you and trust that you're going to do it and not me. Boom. Because if I do it, I'm going to screw it up. Yeah. But it's you working through me that does anything. That's good. Man, those are all the questions we have. Hope you enjoyed them. If you have any more, send them in. We might start answering them at the end or at the beginning of podcasts. We have about three minutes. We're going to play a fun little game yeah. called Finish This Verse. Now, I have um, three verses that um, Nathan has not seen yet okay. uh, that I've chosen. He has three, and he's just going to read them, and then I'm going to have to try to finish them. Hopefully, I get them right. Um, mine are somewhat well known, and um, but anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and start. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, you start us off. Okay, you you sure? Yeah. Okay, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty six. Okay. Then God said, "Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the the earth." No. <laughs> no? Wait, wait, wait. Say it again one more time. Just the, the last sentence. And over all the... Wait. Let them rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all of the wild animals. I don't know, that's all I got. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. That hey, was close, That was kind of close. That, that was, was kind of close. close. That was pretty good. That was kind of close. All right. Let's see. Come on. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm gonna be honest. I I found one earlier and I forgot where it was. So we're just we're just going in blind right now. Let's see. Okay, this is Acts chapter eight, verse thirty-two. I know. So this if one. you're listening, you I can look it up one. in your Bible. I'm using the ESV. It says, "Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth." In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his glory? No, you're close. You got the first letter right. (laughs) Goodness. No. Generation. Who can describe his generation? All right, whatever. Yeah, that was close. That was good. Okay, 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 okay. John 
chapter one. Okay. Okay. Um, talking about John the Baptist. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fa- fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who? Give us an answer to take back to those who, to those who have accused you. <laughs> sent us. Oh, sent us. That was a good oh, one. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. This is Jesus. All right. And rising very, oh, sorry, Mark chapter two, Mark chapter one, okay. verse 35. I know you got this chapter memorized, so this is going to be easy for you. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Hey, let's go. Yes. Good job. I preached a sermon on that chapter. Hey. Let's go. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. Revelation 22. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Um, verse, let's just say, I'm just going to. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree... And for the healing of the nations. Hey! Yeah, Yeah, healing of the nations. Dude, I love it. Revelation, bringing in the the Gentiles, all all the people. All right, last one right here. Okay. Okay. You. Oh, I'm not going to tell you where this is from. You are beautiful as Terza, my love, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. Turn Turn away your eyes from me, for they overwhelm me. Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down valleys <laughs> you're really close actually uh plateaus mountains your, your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down the slopes of gilead oh, whatever nathan always Don't, goes harder on me y'all do y'all ever feel like this, this is what I, I read to my wife every day oh wow no i'm okay. just kidding come on <laughs> hey we are done that is the last segment of today thank y'all for joining us again Uh, If you're watching, listening, please tell somebody about it. Share it with somebody right now. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And uh, hit that notification button as well. We are here every Sunday at 1 p.m. And we'll see you at that time next week. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thanks, guys.